Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of The Database with Rabbi Yehoshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yehoshua Eisenberg, and you just entered The Database. And for today's issue, we're going to be talking about Tachanun. That's right, the Tefillah, which literally means supplication, also referred to as Nefillah Sabhayim, falling on our faces. And as it is Chodesh Iyar, we just entered Chodesh Iyar, it's Rosh Chodesh now at the moment of this recording, but it's not going to be Rosh Chodesh forever. And that means that after a full month of Nisan, of not reciting Tachanun, before we know it, come this Wednesday, we are going to resume Tachanun, and come Thursday, we're going to return to that extended Tachanun, which is, you know, one of those aspects of davening that we're a little bit more uncomfortable about. So, more on that after we thank our sponsors. Firstly, Anonymous, Leo Nishmas, Shmuel Menachem Ben Ari Leib, and Leah Bas Avraham, whose Neshama should have an Aliyah. And we have a sponsorship, a second time sponsorship from Yona and Chani Laster. Thank you guys so much. And for anyone else who wants to sponsor, just reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data, then base, B E I S, at gmail.com. And you can make your sponsorship today. Now, again, when we talk about Tachanun, so I am always reminded of this clip that I once saw from a Purim Shriel, from a particular shul. Uh, the name of the shul is not important, um, but the spiel has one particular scene which picks up at the end of Chazar Sashat, at the end of Shemona Esrei, and there is a clap on the bima in this obviously rehearsed scene, and they announce, there is a chasin in shul, we will not be reciting Tachanun. And all of a sudden, there's this huge, massive banner that rolls down in the middle of the shul and in huge letters it says no tachanun and then everything starts moving in slow motion and everyone starts celebrating and hugging and you get the idea but everyone's really excited that they that they don't have to say tachanun and you know it's it's interesting when you think about it because the, the simcha that's generated by, the, by the, uh, the opportunity to not say tachanun seems that it's, it's, it's so great that it is worthy of pushing off tachanun. But in all seriousness, you know, there are legitimate reasons to push off tachanun when it comes to times of simcha. And usually, like we had in the month of Nisan, where the first uh, week, the first week or so of Nisan, we're celebrating the inauguration of the Mishkan, and then we have Pesach, and then after a majority of the month has gone by with no Tachanun, so we just nix Tachanun entirely. But when you have a Yom Tov, or a mini Yom Tov, or you have a Chasanin Shul, so th- that Simcha pushes away the Tachanun, and you have to wonder why that is. Like, well, why does Simcha push away any tefillah? And it seems that the Simcha that's supposed to be rightfully celebrated might be hindered by the longer Tachanun. And we're not talking about, you know, typical Tzibura, it seems, but apparently Tachanun is supposed to evoke such a broken emotion of real outcry, real supplication, which is what Tachanun again means, that it would take away from the simcha that we're supposed to be celebrating and the level of brokenness, of genuine brokenness that a person should feel during Tachanun at that particular point in time perhaps is not appropriate. But again, we, 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 we um, rejoice, it seems, at the ability to not say Tachanun in and of itself. 
And the question is, what does that speak to? Why does Tachanun have such a bad mazel um, among Klal Yisrael? What, what did Tachanun do wrong? Why do, we, why, why do we relate to it this way? Is there anything we can do to fix it? Um, and what really is Tachanun? You know, it could be that's the starting point. If we would have a better understanding of why we engage in Tachanun and why on Monday and Thursdays do we engage in an extended Tachanun, maybe we can better appreciate it and maybe, just maybe, we can come to terms with Tachanun and be able to make the best of it as we go back into reciting this tefillah, which is apparently a very important tefillah and a very sensitive tefillah. Because I think the relationship that we have with Tachanun right now is not passable. It's not justifiable. I still remember when I was a chas, and probably any person who's going to be a chas, and you, know, you go through this experience. I remember, I don't remember if it was a Monday or a Thursday. I'm pretty, actually, I think it was a Thursday. And the shul I was in, uh, you know, I, um, I, I was the chasen in the shul. And I told the gabai that I was the chasen. And there was, um, and, and I specifically remember when, it, when we finished the end of Shemona Esrei, that the gabai made the announcement. And there was an audible, loud, yes, that I heard from an older person in the crowd. And what that tells me, if you have an older person in the kahila who's acting like that. So, you know, it, it makes us think that perhaps the reason why he reacts that way is that for all his life, Tachron has been a problem. And we have to figure out why someone at that age was never able to come to terms with what Tachanun is and be able to recite it in a way that it was meaningful enough that you know he he was able to uh, that, that he was able to have such a reaction like that and such a childish reaction at the opportunity not to say Tachanun. You know, in the olden times, and this is uh, one of these things that's unheard of in our generation. But in olden times, um, like in, in Europe they would specifically ask the chassan not to daven in their minions so that they would have the opportunity to say tachanun. Now, maybe we're not on that level, and maybe we don't have to be on that level. Maybe it's fine. Maybe it's fine to appreciate the fact that, um, that there are, t- you know, there's a time, and there's a time for, for tefillah, and when it's time for, for simcha, that, you know, that, that's supposed to take precedence. Maybe you can make that argument. But the question is, why is the relationship that we have with Tachanun right now the way it is, and what can we do to improve it? Because at first glance, the relationship that we have with Tachanun right now is not coming from the best of places. It's coming from a place that seems antithetical to religious experience, right? How can I get less religious experience? How can I be less in, in engaging in having conversation with Hashem? Right? That, that's what it looks like. But maybe when we're doing it, we're not actually feeling like we're engaging in religious experience. Maybe we don't feel like we're having a conversation with Hashem. And maybe that's where the problem lies. Maybe it's not our intrinsic hatred for religion and religious experience and, and a relationship with Hashem that we have a problem with Tachanun, especially the extended Tachanun. Maybe it's specifically because Tachanun to us lacks all of those things. And that's the problem. And that shouldn't be the case either. So we have to, you know, give, give a little bit of time to talk about this tefillah, see how we can relate to it in a way that's better. So that, you know, the, the, that when the simcha is docha the tachanun, it's because the tachanunim that we would say with actual kavana could make us distressed, right? So, like, for example, on Shabbos, we say Shabbos himelizok, that there are certain things that we don't ask for on Shabbos, but kashas, we don't cry out, because crying out takes away from the simcha that we're supposed to have on Shabbos, the oneg of Shabbos. 
So again, the problem for us is that Tachanun is the problem. And this is something that from people experience too. So well, um, again, so we maybe understand a little bit why we don't have the Geshmak. Um, you know, part of it is, you know, again, being down the Kavschus. It's not because we hate Avodos Hashem and we're secretly Rishayim. Um, and maybe it's not entirely just because it's long. I mean, it is. The extended Tachanun is longer. It's true. And maybe, you know, it's harder to, to keep your attention on davening for that long. And maybe it's because some of the paragraphs are a bit esoteric to us. You know, just like Slichos, even though we say them more often, we don't necessarily know the meaning. But that's the problem, because if we've been saying Tachanun on a fifth grade level, you know, for our entire lives, and I say fifth grade level because that was the age I was when I first started saying Tachanun, but if you've been doing that for your entire life, so of course we're not going to understand or appreciate the tefillah that we're saying. Of course, you know, when a chassan comes in and we're in our 60s and our 70s and we've been saying Tachanun the same way, of course we're going to get excited when we don't have to say Tachanun. So what can we do to fix that? So perhaps the first solution to this Tachanun challenge is to try to understand the essence of Tachanun. Where did Tachanun come from? What, in fact, Tachanun is? What's the point of Tachanun? And to appreciate just how powerful Tachanun is. So just to give you an illustration, the Gemara in Bav Daf Nund Hesimabes has that very famous Gemara of the Tanur Shalach Noi, where Rabbi Lazar ben Herkinus was basically put in Cherem because he would not give in to the Chachamim in their debate about the, the status of Tumma and Tahara pertaining to a particular oven. And the main point of the story, which is not really the main point of what we're going to discuss, so usually behind the main point, this part of the story gets missed and it's what happens at the end of the story, which is that Rabbi Gamliel, who is the one who excommunicates Rabbi Elizabeth Herkinus, and the Gemara actually tells us that Rabbi Gamliel gets killed, or he, he's caused to die early, and he suffers this fate due to the tefillah, the nefillah sephayim, the tachanun tefillah, that was recited by Rabbi Elizabeth Herkinus. Now, what's, what's something to consider is that Rabbi Eliezer's wife knew how powerful the Tachanun Tefillah was, and for that reason, and for that reason, she specifically would distract Rabbi Eliezer. Once he was excommunicated, she would try to make it so that he wouldn't have the appropriate Kavana in his Tachanun. And there was one day where it was like a Rosh Chodesh, and she didn't realize. I think one of the versions of the story was that it was a two-day Rosh Chodesh. For some reason, she thought it was a one-day Rosh Chodesh. And because of that, she didn't distract him on that day when there was no Tachanun. And he recited it, and then Rabbi Gamliel died. And the Tzvilon Tachanun talks about how Hashem should help us against our enemies. And you might say, yeah, well, you know... We're not on the level of Rabbi Elizabeth and Harkinus, but at the same time, you know, our, our enemies are not Rabbi Gamliel, which gives us a little bit of an in into the power of this tefillah. Could you imagine? Maybe Tachanun with proper kavana, if we see that it's able to kill someone, maybe with proper kavana can actually save a life. Now, that just tells us a little bit about the power of Tachanun itself. But 
what, what, what's the whole Indian of extending the Tachanun? Why exactly do we extend Tachanun on Mondays and Thursdays? So this is based on a Gemara Bavakama, on Daf Pebe Zaman Aleph, and there's a that talks about how when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to receive the second set of Luchos, he went up on a Thursday and returned on a Monday. And because of that, apparently we derive from there that Thursdays and Mondays are actually days of mercy. They're an ace rut zone for tefillah. Think about how we have special tefillos when we recite the, um, the you know, when we, when we have Monday, Thursdays, when we take out the Torah, part, part of the reason perhaps, um, we know that we have to um, have a Kriyasa Torah every, um, every three days. And the Gemara talks about our thirst, um, there, you know, when we were in the Midbar uh, for the three days, and you know, Chazal learned out that it was not just a thirst for water, but a thirst for Torah. And in that vein, you know, pertaining to that thirst, uh, maybe it's connected to the Yisratzon of Tefillah, the Yisratzon of, of the time when we have the Torah before us, the time that we receive the Torah, something that's infused into every Monday and Thursday. There's a reason why we say Tefillahs when we take out the Torah, the Berich Shemei. The um, you know the the tefillas that we say on Shlosh Tragalim Yud Gimel Midas Arachmim Dafka at the time that we take out the Torah, and in the same vein, we have in our in our Tachanun itself. If you think about it, if the Thursdays and Mondays represent the days that we receive the new Luchos, that would really speak to the repetition of the line that we say in the extended Tachanun of Shuv Mecharona Pecha Veinachem Alarali Amecha. Right, that we are, that we are, asking Hashem to relent from the evil that He wants to do to us. That comes right out of the tefillah that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, prayed to Hashem after we violated the Chet Egel. The whole reason why we needed the new luchos, the second Torah, in the first place. So, now, what if every time we got up to the tefillah of Tachanun, especially the extended one? we realized how powerful the tefillah was, and we also realized that on Monday and Thursday, there's a special ace ratzon, there's a special tefillah opportunity on Monday and Thursdays where apparently our tefillahs have more efficacy. How differently might we actually approach this tefillah, realizing that, oh, apparently the connection between us and Hashem is different on Monday and Thursdays. You know, that, that, that Hashem is giving a closer ear to us, as it were, because... This is a day of Kabbalah Satora in a certain sense. So that, that's something to think about. I think that's worth a thought or two. Now, in terms of the paragraphs themselves, right? So the, the paragraphs, the Maxar Kolbo brings down that um, a number of Rebbeim by the names of Rabbeinu Shmuel, Benyamin, uh, Rav Yosef, they were sent by Romans on these boats and they were to be persecuted by the local ruler on the island. And apparently the story goes that this local ruler died. And these paragraphs were actually the tefillos, these, these additions to Tachnon, they were composed by these rebellion. And again, when we think about the outpour of what the tefillos are supposed to be, given the opportunity, you know, when it comes to Yom and we take our tefillos Seriously. And you might say, okay, well, that's different. That's Yom Noraim. And, and Mondays and Thursdays, we have that every single week. So it doesn't have as much meaning to us. 
But if you realized that the nature of these tefillos were such that they're supposed to take, they're supposed to evoke from us the strongest kind of emotion in terms of our of our um, connection to Hashem, realizing that we are we are like desperate peasants before the king, trying to get something, and some for some reason during this time, um, you know, more than on a regular day, for example, and during this tefillah. The king lets the peasant into, you know, in, into the, the the royal office to uh, to make to make a request. So I think that would that would be a great start for helping us approach the, you know, approach this this tefillah. That if we appreciated the, the dominating, you know, intrinsically for what it is, maybe we wouldn't be as happy to drop it, right? If I asked you. You know, and maybe maybe you'll give you'll give me an answer that I that I wouldn't like. But I I think, and I, I'm I'm giving uh, the benefit of the doubt. But if I would ask you, oh, you know, what what do you say? You know, we just drop Shimon Esrei from our davening just for a day or two, or two days a week, we just drop our Shimon Esrei. So you might say, no, that's that's the essence. Like like you know, okay, maybe I don't love davening so much, but I wouldn't want to give up on the Shimon Esrei. That's where I'm really talking to Hashem. That's where all my most important tefillos go. Right, but if you realize that on Monday and Thursdays you have a special extra opportunity of talking to Hashem and pouring your heart out, so maybe we would be able to start to see Tachanun as an anchor in a certain sense, something that we would think twice about that on a, on a Simcha Dika day, where we're not going to say Tachanun, we should appreciate what we're losing out on. Appreciate that, oh, there was an Ace Ratzon for a special tefillah today. Okay, there's a Simcha, and, the, and we don't want that Simcha to be hindered. And apparently this Simcha is going to take precedence right now. But, you know, otherwise today was a day of, of, of outpouring of our hearts, a day where we should feel broken because we are closer to Hashem and the, the genuine feeling of brokenness will matter more right now. So, again, that's, that, that's the first solution. Just understand what Tachanun is. Hopefully we've helped a little bit with that. I think another important solution, solution number two, we'll put it, is that we have to break down the Tachanun. Right, so as we mentioned, there are, these were paragraphs that were composed by a few different rebbeim, and the truth is they are seven paragraphs. We think of them as being really long, and yeah, they, I guess they're longer than most of the things that we say. But if you look at each of the seven individual paragraphs, none are particularly long. Some are longer than others, but none of the, the paragraphs are particularly long. And you know, I, I think that Rav Herschel Schechter is on record as saying that he doesn't always get the opportunity to say each and every paragraph, and that, you know, maybe he'll split them up. That on one, you know, on a Monday he'll say some, on a Thursday he'll say another. Someone can please correct me if, if, if I am mistaking a, um, you know, the, the way I'm reporting from what I heard that, um, from, the, from this Godel in our generation. But it's obviously, it's, it's for, especially if we're not fluent in it, it's very difficult to stuff it all into one davening. Some people are more fluent in the language and can fit it all in. But, you know, we can't easily, you know, change the pace of the minion. And one of the unfortunate realities with this tefillah, uh, among the other aspects of the poor mazel that Tachanun has, is that it's always raced through by the Baal tefillah. Maybe we'll have to actually devote a Baal tefillah workshop just to, you know, navigating through Tachanun in a way that is conducive for, one, you know, being about tefillah and trying to get through a minion that that's, um, wants to, quote-unquote, get out on time, 
but also to do it in a way that the minion is actually able to recite the Tachanun. You know, the, the opportunity should be there. no like honestly, I don't care and I don't think Hashem cares about it at this point in this area. There, there's no excuse for the minion not to be able to recite Tachanun. Now, but that's, that's a separate challenge. You know, the, we know, little by little, maybe we could change that reality. But in the meantime, it's difficult to fit it all into one davening. And if you're not the Baal Tefillah and you don't have that choice, so you've got to break it down. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what you need to do. And spend a little bit of time, you know, spend more time on one paragraph than, you know, like, you know, we say this with Slichos too, truthfully, that... Um, and especially, you know, during Yom Nuraim, when you have slichos upon slichos, better to say fewer slichos with more kavana than more slichos with less kavana. So I would say the truth is probably, uh, the same is probably true for Tachanan. So solution number one is to understand Tachanan and what it means, its power, its essence. Solution number two is to just to be able to break it down logistically, try to make it, um, you know, to, to make it into something that's more, um, you know, worthy for consumption. Solution number three is the homework that we have to do. Because the only real way to connect to the tefillah is to understand what we are saying. Not just what the tefillah represents, but literally the words. Right? Monday morning is too late to start trying to harness the entire Tachanun series, the extended Tachanun, to try to understand what each paragraph means. Again, it's too late because it's Monday morning. We have to actually sit down, literally open the sitter, you know, at least a few minutes, and do the actual homework to prepare it beforehand. I say this for Slichos, and we have a Baltzfila workshop, where I talk about just take a day or two before any day that you're about to recite Slichos, right, whatever fast day is coming up, or if, let's say it's Yom Narayim. So try to look at tomorrow's Slichos every day. So you'll have, you know, you know, you'll have an understanding of what you're about to say. That's the only way. It's literally open up the sitter, open up an art scroll, and actually invest in the Tachanun, especially when we're not saying it, instead of just waiting in dread until the next time we have to say it again. right? And this is something that not even the greatest rabbi or Jewish speaker you know, will, able, will be able to do for us unless you know, they take the time for that. But no one, you know, t- typically it's not how it works. Typically no one's going to break down the entire tefillah for you and force feed it to you so you could appreciate it. You have to sit on it. You know, we all have to say, okay, does this mean something to me? And if it does, then I, I better try to understand it. And this is something that, um, you know, a, a few years ago, actually, I, I did um, take um, a certain level of initiative on this, where I used, first of all, an interlinear art scroll sitter. Now everyone has a different sitter that works for them. But I used an interlinear art scroll sitter just to look at the translation. And even though these paragraphs, sometimes, you know, in our minds, it seems that they run longer than they are, so what I did was, in the margin of the sitter, with a, with a lead pencil, you know, just to keep it neat, and if I ever need to erase it, I could always erase it, I would write themes, themes that I noticed from the tefillah, so that when I approached that paragraph, in the extended tachanun, I was well prepared with what themes were in mind, what should I be thinking about. So if there's a paragraph where the theme was rachamim, where you have that, kirachem al-valbanim, kein rachem aleinu. You know, like, like the father has his mercy on their child. You have a lot of lines like this throughout. How Hashem, where, you know, we don't deserve it. This is not for us. We're asking for you. That we, that, you know, that, that we're broken and that we're trying. And that look, look at who our of us are. 
just look at the paragraphs, look at the words, look at look at the English, and pick one or two themes or three or uh, you know two or three buzzwords in the paragraph that tell you what the paragraph is about, and then go in and say the tefillah. If you do that, there's gonna you're gonna have you're, I guarantee you, you you won't do that and then not have a little bit more meaning in your in your tefillah, and you'll actually gain something from it when you're actually saying the words. All right, so the, the, these are some of the things that you know some strategies for better appreciating what we're doing when we're engaging in this tefillah known as tachem, this notorious tefillah, which really could be one of the most um, you know, um, I guess, powerful and inspiring tefillah opportunities, and a tefillah that does not get the credit that 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 is due to it. I can say for myself that when I when I just decided, I I, I made a choice at least for myself that I I, I was I wasn't going to do tachanun again on a fifth grade level, where I'm just you know happy to get out of it, and you know maybe I'm saying some words, maybe I'm not saying some words. But I actually looked at it, looked at some of the English, put some, you know, put some themes down in the sitter. I've, I can say for sure that my tachanun skyrocketed in terms of, um, I would I would guarantee its effect. Um, you know, Baruch Hashem, you know, I, I, at the moment, you know, I, I could say I'm pretty satisfied. Um, I don't know if I can attribute that to my to my tachanun. But I definitely felt, and this is the main reward of the tefillah, the connection to Hashem. I 100% felt that more when I gave a little bit more time to try to understand Hachanan. And I, I hope the same for anybody. But it, it, just like anything else, you have to do your homework. Anything that, that, that matters to you, you invest time in. It's as simple as that. And it's also as, as complicated as that. You know, you, you, it's just you make the decision. Do you, do you care? You know, if, if 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 you care, then you'll give your time to it. And that's a, that's a matter of of anything in life, but certainly for tachanun. And if you make the choice to want to engage in it, then it's going to be more to you, and you, you know you'll you'll have a deeper thought. You know, on the days that you don't say tachanun, right? I, I I have to admit that I I I laughed and smiled when I saw that 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 video where people were celebrating not saying Tachanan. But at the same time, in my stomach, it did bother me because I felt how too too true and too real that experience was. And it was a feeling that I didn't want to have again. And yes, you can be relieved at the opportunity to be able to have more time to focus on other parts of davening, maybe, that you'll get to wherever you need to get to on time. That's all understandable. You're not a bad person for having that feeling. But... Don't don't you feel like this piece of our of our spiritual and religious experience deserves more covered? And if you know if we have such a disdain, even if it's unconscious, you know let's 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 reverse that resentment with a better appreciation of what of what we should be doing when we're saying tachanun. And Bezras Hashem will actually engage in that endeavor when we're saying tachanun. Okay, but that's all the time we have left for this real talk Torah. So keep it real. Keep it talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thanks for running us here at the database.